as long as one didn't look at people, they did not exist. They began to exist, as on TV, when one turned one's eyes on them. Only then could they stay in one's mind before being erased by new images. The same was true of him. By looking at him, others could make him be clear, could open him up and unfold him. Not to be seen was to blur and to fade out. Perhaps he was missing a lot by simply watching others on TV and not being watched by them. He was glad that now, after the old man had died, he was going to be seen by people he had never been seen by before. A short extract there from Jerzy Kaczynski's 1971 novel, but uh, really in this format, it's a novella. So when it was originally published, it was about 165 pages. But this small edition that I have is uh, about 100 pages. Many people will know of being there by the film, the 1979 film directed by Hal Ashby and with Peter Sellers playing Chance, who I'll get to. Um, after reading the, the novel and also seeing the film beforehand. It's one of my favourite films of all time. The film does an absolutely excellent job of portraying the atmosphere of the novel. But I thought about, uh, I thought as I enjoyed the film so much and I was thinking of what the next book I wanted to review might be, um, I wanted to sort of tackle being there uh, and see what the original book was like. Um, now, before we get started, um, there is sort of an oddity that needs to be mentioned in that Jerzy Kaczynski, posthumously and even in his day, but now more so posthumously, has a fairly um, turbulent relationship with plagiarism and as, as a writer. Um, so basically, as soon as this book was published a lot of Polish critics immediately recognized it as a pretty clear plagiarism of a book called, in the original Polish, Kareria Nikodima Dizimi, or Nikodim Dizma's career. I'm probably mispronouncing all of that, by someone by the name of Tadij Dolega Mostowicz. And so that's something to be acknowledged really but um many people know of being there many people know of the film uh, which is a fantastic film um but i think those facts aside regarding the plagiarism i probably now need to go read the other book that it was plagiarized from to understand just how uh just how one-to-one -one that might be but all that aside, it is just such a fantastic short book. It's one of the most prescient novels, uh, I would even go so far to say, of, of the last hundred years. Um, so the plot really follows... It's a, such a peculiar plot. The plot follows a man who many would say is simple-minded. Um, the descriptions often will, will define him as intellectually handicapped or slow. Um, I don't think this is necessarily true, but I'll get to that. I have a more of a 
a mystical or spiritual appreciation of this book, actually, um, which is why I think it's very prescient. But um, it follows a man named Chance. That's His name is more of a symbol of what he is. Um, he's slow by, you know, by most people's appreciation of him, he's, he's slow. He works as a gardener for someone who's just referred to as the old man, who is a retired lawyer who clearly has a fairly... A uh, fair fair amount of money uh, to to keep all this running without actually having to do do anything. He retired quite a while ago. Um, I think he's getting on for actually over a hundred now. Anyway, we don't really know much about Chance's background. Chance himself, I think, at this point is almost in his sixties. Um, Chance's mother died in childbirth. Um, his father is unknown. His his name really is simply a reference to the fact of his birth he's just been born by chance he's this almost anomalous figure who is just existing in the modern world without any real direct unmediated appreciation of it which then unfolds into our appreciation of the book now he's lived um he's lived his whole life in the in this single house the, the the house of the old man who is basically has the only other person who's in this house and the only person chance has only spoken and to two people in his whole life which is the old man who now he doesn't really speak too much because the old man is now ill in bed upstairs and the housekeeper um who i think is called louise in the book definitely is in the film the relationship between chance and the housekeeper differs a little bit between the book and the film which i is a, is a change which wasn't necessarily needed he he has two interests the garden which he attends to with just a, a preciseness and an affinity which is sort of unbound this is absolutely his his ultimate meaning of all existence is tending to the garden and his Media appreciation and understanding of all things is via really what we consider the symbolism of gardening and and plant growth. Soil, cycles, season cycles, the health of leaves, the, the basic needs of how things grow via nurture, but specifically in relation to gardening, which is quite humorous. Um, alongside this, I think probably to appease his the possibility of him becoming... Um, mad in a way the the old man originally gave him radios uh, and there's radio there was originally radios in all the places he would go in the house and then eventually supplied him with with televisions almost as this ability to just connect with the world via the screen via the tv and so his his appreciation of life is twofold the garden his understanding of direct reality is via the the symbolism and metaphors of gardening and, and the practicality of gardening and also he understands the rest of the world which he never goes to never leaves the house is via tvs and his simplicity borders on almost an enlightenment for me so he exists basically in his his room which has a bathroom attached the hallway through to i think a kitchen where he takes his meals which are made to him for him by the housekeeper and then he'll go through to the garden and he he's so not interested in anything else that he actually hasn't even gone upstairs to see the old man in bed because almost there's no reason as to why he would. Um, and eventually what happens is the old man is now very ill and the old man dies. And that's like the first time Chance has gone to see him in, in literally years. 
Um, he's the lawyers come to the house to basically figure out what's going on with the estate. And it turns out Chance has never been on any records. He's never been to the doctors. He's never been to the hospital. He's never been ill. He's never been to school. There is no record of this man existing. He is pure chance, literally. It's just this chance existence who has had TV and the garden for company, really. Um, now, one thing to emphasize at this point, he's, he's, he's a little bit strange in his personality. He's a bit... Um, he is a little bit simple by some people's estimations, but what he really is is honest. So he hasn't gone mad. He's not hostile. He's not really all that odd in my own appreciation of him. He's just quiet, and he's he's what I would describe him as is content. He's content with the existence he's been given by chance. Anyway, he has to leave. Uh, eventually he has to leave and really what 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 why i think one of the first moments that happens of why i think it might be incorrect to understand chance as simple-minded is that he he doesn't when he says look you have to leave and basically exit what is his own appreciation of plato's cave um when he has to exit the house because the old man's dead um he no longer gets to be there he doesn't really push back against this he doesn't, he doesn't do anything to say, oh, no, 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 this can't be, this can't be. He sort of has one final look at the the garden, one final sort of turn on of the TV, and he he leaves the house without really any problems. Um, one of the lawyers gives him a card to... I might be conflating this with the film, actually, in the book. They're very, very similar. One of the lawyers gives him a card and says, look, ring me if you've got any problems. He just throws the card away because why... Why does he need it? And when he exits the house, um, basically very quickly, um, trying to cross the street, he he's struck by a limousine, which is owned by someone called Benjamin Rand, who is a terminally ill, very high up senior executive. Someone so high up, they have connections to the president. Um, this Benjamin Rand's younger wife, who was in the car, basically insists that he's treated by a doctor. And so Chance, who has been born by Chance, as soon as he exits the house, by Chance is sort of swifted, uh, swiftly, swiftly moved into something else just by Chance once again. He's hurt, and people with a lot of money and a lot of time insist that he is, he is healed uh, with the, the, the pain in his leg. Now, of course, the information and the knowledge of the world that Chance has is... is via TV, um, it seems he's quite disconnected. He, he, you know, he, everything about interpretation and all the, his understanding of the world is either via TV and how people act on TV as these very two-dimensional people who can uh, sort of dissipate and de-exist at a touch of a button. That's the only way he appreciates the, the world, but I'll get to that. Anyway, he goes through... He finally does get taken to the Rand's house and he meets powerful, influential people who all come to, to sort of adore him because of his simplicity and his honesty. And they often conflate really what he's saying. They use him almost as a vessel. Once again, I'll get to this. Um, everyone seems to like him because of this. Um, so E.E., e., who is Benjamin Rand's wife, who was in the limousine at the start, tries to seduce him, but really has just no interest in this. Uh, he only understands anything about those kind of relationships via his appreciation of television. Um, they get taken to a party, and the same thing sort of tries to happen again. 
the president and the Soviet ambassador are also there and they try to work out his background and both fail. Um, basically from this lack of history, they think I might, he would be an ideal candidate for, for high office. Uh, maybe even the vice presidency that's not stated explicitly. The story ends, and it's not really a spoiler in a way, because it's, it's very free-floating. The story ends with Chance leaving a party reception they're at to find peace in the garden which is there. Um, and really it ends very unclear as to whether or not he understands anything which has really happened over the last few days. Now I'll, I'll read another excerpt before we go forward. Um, and then I can talk about why I think this is, in a way, very important. Thinking that he ought to show a keen interest in what E.E. E. was saying, Chance resorted to repeating to her parts of her own sentences, a practice he had observed on TV. In this fashion, he encouraged her to continue and elaborate. Each time Chance repeated E.E.'s e. words, she brightened and looked more confident. In fact, she became so at ease that she began to punctuate her speech by touching, now his shoulder, now his arm. Her words seemed to float inside his head. He observed her as if she were on television. E.E. E. rested her weight back in the chair. A knock at the door interrupted her in mid-sentence. Um, I will just um, do one more excerpt and then tr try... Explain why I think it's so important. Anyway, This is when he finally meets the president. It's good to see you, Mr. President, Rand said, rising from his chair to greet a man of medium height who entered the room smiling. How thoughtful of you to come all this way to look in on a dying man. The president embraced him and led him to a chair. Nonsense, Benjamin. Do sit down now and let me see you. The president seated himself on a sofa and turned to chance. Mr. President, Rand said, I want to introduce you to, I want to introduce my dear friend, Mr. Chauncey Gardner. Mr. Gardner, the President of the United States of America. Rand sank into a, into a chair while the President extended his hand, a wide smile on his face. Remembering that during his TV press conferences, the President always looked straight at the viewers, Chance stared directly into the President's eyes. I'm delighted to meet you, Mr. Gardner, the President said, leaning back on a sofa. I've heard so much about you. Chance wondered how the president could have heard anything about him. Please do sit down, Mr. Gardner, the president said. Together let's reprimand our friend Benjamin for the way he shuts himself up at home. Ben, he leaned towards the old man, this country needs you, and I, as your chief executive, have not authorised you to retire. Now, what Chance, you notice there, they refer to him as Chancey Gardner, um... This is the Chancy Gardner thing from his name Chance is that when he's in the limousine early on with E.E., e., he she asks him his name and he says something along the lines of Chance the Gardener, I'm a gardener. Because that's his whole identity is that he's been born by Chance and he just gardens. So his whole identity is Chance and gardening and she sort of mishears him or wants to project what, you know, she wants to project a, a, a prim and proper name onto him for the sake of almost her own appearances. Says, oh, Chancy Gardner. And he uh, states that as sometimes people on TV, actors, take on the name that they are given, he is to take on this name. So he says, yes, Chansey Gardner. Um, and so he becomes Chansey Gardner. He is this empty, free-floating vessel of, a, of identity, of, of a nothingness, which, which just roams around the world being utilized by whoever for whatever. 
And this is why the book is so prescient, I think, is because in a mystical sense, I actually want to draw in uh, a concept um, that I talk about a lot in many different conversations by George Gurdjieff called reels, the notion of that um, each person has a certain amount of reels or, or, or we could say speech codes that they utilize in conversation, 5, 10, 20 at max, that, that they're, they're almost pre-programmed responses because it's not that they're thinking consciously about what is being said or actually consciously listening. It's almost as if one person says A, ah, I say B. And so Chance, who in a way is not consciously but is removed from that whole thing of speech responses... And, and his speech, in a way, is completely free-floating and only has these few references which themselves are completely transparent and, and illusory, you know, TV being one. He becomes, for other people, whatever they want him to be for their own self-interest. And so the way he speaks, you know, he speaks to Benjamin Rand, this this high-up businessman about the, the failing economy and gives to him some random or, or, or the only speech that he really understands to give which is a speech about garden growth and Benjamin Rand sort of sits there for a moment and, and nods his head and says yes you know business is like gardening the the there are seasons to the business cycle and once again the business will will grow and what he's really done is basically just transformed this this empty vessel into a mimetic appreciation of whatever he wanted it to be and in this way, chance enters into conversations and simply is utilized as a means to bolster the the pre, pre-assumed position that the person already believes. He is he is a sort of a vessel of somnambulance where you just you just use whatever he says to um reaffirm what it is you already believe. And the the, the great humor of the book, the great irony and the great humor and the prescience is that each person comes to grow to love chance, not because he's said anything which is really relevant or, or um, um, thinking or consciously engaged with what they're saying. He is a great listener because he says nothing and just allows other people to say exactly what they want. They aren't thinking about him. Chance is a great guy because what is he? He is just a free-floating, uh, free-floating signifier fuel. To, to for people to vampirically draw from to then bolster their own position, and many people were talking about this um, this book with 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 the rise of Trump at the time, Donald Trump. Um, I think in a way the whole Trump phenomenon is a is a lazy one sided appreciation of what's happening on both sides. In that you 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 plant your flag on one side or in the red or in the blue or even in the green or the yellow or whatever um, tribe or party you wish. And if you enter into that discussion with a pre-assumed, almost uh, socio-cultural internal hypnosis, then what 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 is being spoken and what and being what is being said by the 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 idol, the figurehead, the equivalent of Chancy Gardner on each party, is already correct by the fact of the hypnosis that you've given to yourself. It's already correct by the fact that you have brought all your presumptions into it and there is no conscious thinking no conscious listening happening and so the prescience and the, and the poignance of this of this short novel is really um to do with that to do with the the emptiness of human interactions um and uh the the problem with that with what to do with it um 
There's one more excerpt I'd like to give um, regarding the TV, which is one bit a big, uh, big aspect of it, which um, I'll try and relate to more contemporary forms as well. Chance could not imagine what being on TV involved. He wanted to see himself reduced to the size of the screen. He wanted to become an image, to dwell inside the set. The secretary waited on the phone. It's all right with me, said Chance. What do I have to do? You don't have to do anything, sir, she said cheerfully. The producer himself will pick you up in time for the show. It's a live program, so you have to be there half an hour before it goes on. You'll be this evening's main attraction tonight. I'll call them right back. They'll be delighted with your acceptance. Chance turned on the TV. He wondered whether a person changed before or after appearing on the screen. Would he be changed forever or only during the time of his appearance? What part of himself would he leave behind when he finished the programme? Would there be two chances after the show? One chance who watched TV and another who appeared on it? This is a little bit further on. Facing the cameras and the audience, now barely visible in the background of the studio, Chance abandoned himself to what would happen. He was drained of thought, engaged, yet removed. The cameras were licking up the image of his body, were recording his every movement, and noiselessly hurling them into millions of TV screens scattered throughout the world. Into rooms, cars, boats, planes, living rooms, and bedrooms. He would be seen by more people than he could ever meet in his entire life. People who would never meet him. People who watched him on their sets did not know who actually faced them. How could they? If they had ever met him. They had they, If they had never met him. Television reflected only people's surfaces. It also kept peeling their images from their bodies until they were sucked into the caverns of their viewers' eyes forever beyond retrieval to disappear. Facing the cameras with their unsensing triple lenses pointed at him like snouts. Chance became only an image for millions of real people. They would never know how real he was, since his thinking could not be televised, and to him, the viewers existed only as projections of his own thought as images. He would never know how real they were, since he had never met them and did not know what they thought. It's, it's very Baudrillardian in that sense of two illusory things never really meeting, there is no sense of the real, everything is a two-dimensional illusion and no one is dealing with the real, and no one deals with the real because it's recursive in the sense of what you already thought is, is just you're simply, um, you're simply bringing that back against yourself to to bolster what you already believe. Um, now, I, TV, of course, plays a big role, um, but that's very much of its of its day. So, And I think Kaczynski really acknowledges this in the fact that originally, um, originally Chance has radios, then he has TVs. He has basically he has the most up-to-date media, media, mediating device, mediating technological device to allow him to approach the world without any risk or fear or responsibility. And because of that, nothing becomes real. No one becomes real. Whether or not today it would still work in the sense that he's given the internet, I think it probably would. I mean, I think I think the prescience of this book is that it's really an early appreciation of that mediating relationship that everyone has with reality now. Um, myself, obviously, entirely included with that. Um, included with, within that. Um, but this this hyper-mediation of culture, hyper-mediation of reality, wherein... Uh, everyone is dipping their toe by way of mediating via images but in the sense that people um, engage with the reality via images they don't engage with the reality they engage with an image of reality which in itself uh, as we see with chance removes any 
removes any uh, of the risk of the real. Now, what I also want to touch on really is this notion that chance is simple-minded. I I don't know enough about Krasinski's background to say whether or not he was interested in such things, but I read this more of as of a, a mystical modern parable or tale in that I think there's something very Buddhist about it, that, that, ch- that chance... Chance, because of the way he's grown up and, and, and the, the, the way that he's, he's, he's literally grown within this garden and his, the symbols of everything in the garden, the pace of the garden, it's, it's almost like he's achieved samsara because it's never... The notion that he's simple-minded would mean that he says, he says in, ignorant or silly things and he doesn't understand things. But he doesn't understand things because he isn't... He hasn't become completely imbued and embroiled within the 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 highly ironic constant game playing of the modern world where people don't mean the things they actually mean and and everything is referring to other things and there is this constant need for a mass of other knowledge he's just entirely honest honest to the point of um almost a sort of strange zen-like contentment and it's in that way that i don't think he's simple-minded i think he's just completely content and peaceful. Of course, there there is a certain simple-mindedness that comes from the fact he hasn't had to engage with a lot of the world. But his approach to the world is one of a of a an honesty which people would conflate with simple-mindedness simply because the world has become a very unkind, uncaring place to such a degree that chance's simplicity in the sense of a simple life uh, is conflated with simple-minded because he, he doesn't want everything from the world. He simply wants to get back to tending to a garden, and in that way, I think he's a beautiful character, not to be, not to be derided, not to be, not to be laughed at. I mean, he—he—it's he, a very confrontational character, with just how far uh, society has really, in a way, fallen with respect to dishonesty and self-interest. Um, and I think he's one of the most beautiful characters, in a way, written because of this. Um, now. In a way, now the the uh, the Kaczynski's posthumous the realizations regarding Kaczynski's work posthumously is a bit unfortunate, um, but I still think this is is it's a, it's a book well worth reading. It's also a film very well worth the watch. One of my absolute favorites, and Peter Sellers uh, is absolutely. It is probably his best performance, but the book also is is well worth it because there's these just these small, small paragraphs which really pay to to think about for the rest of the day, uh, the rest of the week. It's almost like a meditative short novel. Um, it has a very strange feel. Uh, the atmosphere itself is more more. The the, the narrator often uh, is often almost sympathetic to and and explains Chance's view of things for the reader you know say things along the lines that that chance did this because this is what people do on tv and and, and along those lines um it's a short read you could read it in a day and i think um it would it would leave you with a very strange feeling if you did so i read it over a couple of days and um yeah chances chances a great character and and all the other characters also tend to be these sort of avatars of certain it's the only place where the novel, I think, becomes uh, somewhat time-limited is that, especially Benjamin Rand becomes almost the, the avatar of someone like Ronald Reagan, 
whether or not the Rand itself is a, a reference to Anne Rand, I'm not too sure about that, but it's certainly, I think it might be a reference to that sort of Randian appreciation of business and uh, commerce. But um, it's a great, it's a great book. Um, I highly recommend it. And uh, it's a great book dealing with mimesis, society, social convention, etiquette, and the, and the notion of normality, really. Um, and I think in a way there are these um, allusions to a failed theology chance being in the garden you know, the, the, this weird Eden which can't actually exist and for him it's kind of sad because there actually was an Eden and then he had to leave um, and that the fact the old man is just called the old man upstairs you know, I mean it's it's a, almost a secular appreciation of some form of failure of a theology but chance is the beautiful character because when he has to leave all that he doesn't bemoan it and he doesn't he's he's really learned something i feel in the garden and um mm. and i think in a way he's almost reached this a strange form of enlightenment that he never even knew what to do it's like he was never given the tools to say that this is what you should be approaching for with enlightenment and so he almost becomes enlightenment enlightened without the knowledge of enlightenment and and that's why I would defend him for not being simple-minded. But it's a great book. Um, and I, yeah, I highly recommend it, basically. And I hope you've enjoyed this review. Thank you.